Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, I know I do this a lot, but I'm doing it again. It's my show and I get to control it. But Sting is basically the greatest person that has ever existed on planet Earth. I mean, I just want to say hello to him. I just want to give him a hug. I want to go to lunch. I want to buy him a Christmas present. And I know I sound really weird, but seriously, this dude is a damn legend. And when we talk about Sting, it also means we're about to talk about AEW because last night they did have their Dynamite show. And hello, my name is Simon Miller. Stop waving. And I own this, the finger of power, and we give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down when it comes to professional wrestling. If you want the too long, didn't read version, it's just the review show. So let's do exactly that for AEW Dynamite. John Moxley is just great, isn't he? Because he returned to kick off this week's episode of Dynamite and he looked really healthy, he looked really happy and when somebody heckled him in the crowd, he told them to flub off. I love this man. This then became even more important though because he started talking about personal demons and personal struggles and how no matter what kind of success you do get, they are always going to drag you down and he knows this because he's just been through hell. So that's it. We are never going to be able to turn Moxley heel. I mean, we can try at one point in the future, but I will remember this damn speech for the rest of my life because seriously, it could be one of the most important promos that anybody has ever cut. He essentially looked down the camera and said to every single person watching, it's okay to not feel okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if this actually helps someone because again, here's a guy who has reached the very tippy top of professional wrestling and even he is saying, man, I have bad times. You know, I've been down on my ass, but thankfully now I've been able to climb back out and I'm feeling a bit better. So if I can do it, why can't you do it too? He addressed all those morons as well that pretend they don't understand this, but they do, but they just like to cause a fuss on the internet and said that the professional wrestling world has no idea 
idea what's about to hit it because nothing will be as bad as what he has just experienced. So you ain't gonna be able to do nothing to him in the ring. He's basically gonna kill you. So seriously, go and watch this if you have five minutes. It will be the best thing that you do today. And it's just so nice that John Moxley has gone through all of this and come out on the other side. And the fact he wanted to verbalize it too, it doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up absolutely crucial. And then MJF was being the biggest asshole ever, because of course he was. For we were backstage with him and Wardlow, and Maxwell was even going, man, I apologize for last week, I'm sorry, and it's your birthday, and I really consider you a good friend. Although, old pal, I am gonna have to fight you because you put your hands on me next week, therefore, you ain't gonna get any money for a while. So seriously, when Wardlow finally implodes and just decks this man, the reaction is going to be absolutely brilliant. And even here, Wardlow was looking at him like, I will crush you as if you're a bug. And of course, before we did end, MJF told us that Sean Spears will beat CM Punk later. And I didn't believe it when he said it. And later on, I would be proved correct. It also seems like 2022 is the year of couples having wrestling matches. Because not only do we have Edge, Beth Phoenix, Miz and Maurice on one side, now on the other, we have Adam Cole and Britt Baker teaming together. These two were also taken on Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. And as ever, the rules were the men have to fight the men and the women have to fight the women until we get to the appropriate point in the match where we will have a spot where the men fight the women and the women fight the men. And that's exactly what we did. I was really pleased because once again, we pushed Statlander's power game. I mean, at one point, she just held Britt Baker up in the suplex for around about 32 years but the difference here you see is that orange and chris are not dating whereas Britt baker and adam cole are dating so eventually the couple were able to reverse all of this and they hit a bunch of super kicks onto everyone I don't know what any of that means, but it's all about chemistry. We then basically went back and forth for a little while, but there was this really good bit when Adam Cole insegured the piece of fruit, so the piece of fruit reacted instantly with a stunner. And basically around this moment is when Britt Baker ran in and she gave Orange the curb stomp. And I was like, there it is. This pissed off Chris who got involved. She was like, man, I'm going to give a 452 Britt Baker. But Adam Cole, wonderful boyfriend Adam Cole, then draped himself over his girlfriend like, no, no, you can't do it. And I was Adam, this is the worst plan ever. Because Chris Statlander went, well, I can still attack you if I want. So she hit her flippy doodah move. I really enjoyed it. So I do love that Adam Cole actually thought he was a bomb or something. Like, if you touch me, everyone's going to explode. Although this then led to another fearful. Because from nowhere, Cassidy was back. He hit the beach break. And because I'm an idiot, a bit thought it was gonna be three. Realistically, that was never gonna happen though, so we did get to some end shenanigans, because at one point, Adam Cole and Britt Baker were like, ha let's throw someone through a table, but that did not happen because Orange went to punch Adam, he got out the way, he hit Britt, and she went through the wood instead. So Adam Cole's in like, how dare you do that? And he basically punched Orange Cassidy right in the balls, he hit the boom, and he got the one, two, three. We have totally planted some seeds here though, and I really did enjoy it, so it is getting an up. And then we found out about these seeds around about 10 minutes later, because Adam Cole was back and he said, Orange Cassidy, I prefer apples and I am sick of you. So next week, I want a no DQ lights out match. And if you have seen any other lights out AEW match, my word, this is gonna be carnage. And talking about teasing, we then cut to Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz. And I think the Pride and Powerful are ready to snap. Because after Jericho had gone off about how stupid Eddie Kingston was, Santana and Ortiz were like, one, don't talk about our friend that way. And two, do you remember last week how he said, 
You're the reason we're not the tag team champions. Well, we've been thinking about it and we think it's true. So you can just see it coming, especially because these three are going to team next week to take on Daniel Garcia and 2.0. And I will take that, I tell you. Turn Santana and Ortiz heel or do whatever the flub you want with them and let them beat up Chris Jericho and then make them the tag team champions. That would be a good 2022. It was then time for CM Punk versus Sean Spears. And AEW has done a tremendous job with this feud. Because I was so excited. I was like, oh man, what are they going to do? Which way is going to go in? So that gets a round of applause. And I did not call this either. Because despite Sean Spears going nuts on Rampage. And despite him having a massive entrance here. He got in the ring. He looked CM Punk in the face. And Punk went, alright. He gave him the GTS. And honestly beat him in around about 8 seconds. MJF obviously scarped into the ring after this. And he was pretending he was going to cheap stop CM Punk, but Punk is too smart, so he caught him, and even though Maxwell tried to get away, CM was able to grab his scarf, and honestly, while on paper this is a bit more that was strange, when you get into it, the subtext is just great. Because Sean's big point when he was talking was like, I've got 20 years experience, I'm the man, I'm a veteran, Wardlow, he's nothing, so when I take on CM Punk, I'm obviously going to win. But Sean didn't even last a minute, whereas Wardlow almost had the man beat, so you just have to sit there and go, well this Wardlow fella, he must be really good. We didn't need to be smacked over the head with this either, it was just there for you to dive into like Scrooge McDuck should you so wish so this is easily getting it up and it is my favorite program in all of wrestling right now and then poor christian got decked by the gun club i mean what the hell is going on it began when billy gunn found him backstage it was like christian please my boys they've been doing so well can they have a tag team match against the jurassic express cage was like well no and this isn't an appropriate time to ask when all of these guys, this family, beat him up. They also threw Christian into a garage door over and over again, so they're a bunch of psychopaths. And of course, this will end with the Jurassic Express taking on the gun club. And on the down low, if you want to do Billy Gunn versus Christian as well, I'll be perfectly fine with it, because I can get on my nostalgia cart and ride it back to the 90s. I always enjoy it. And then, my friends, here came Cody Rhodes, who for me is easily the most interesting and fascinating character in all of wrestling right now. And I tweeted this, and one guy told me, you're talking about, so my mistake, but he is. And I was so intrigued to see what he was going to say here, especially because this week, there were a bunch of reports that he didn't even have an AEW contract. And I don't care if it's true, I don't care if it's false, work me. Cody started by talking about the now famous CM Punk Pipe Bomb promo, and how his comeback was one of the best of the last 10 years and then essentially said he started the revolution but who took that on their shoulders and made sure it happened it was me he also did this from the top of the ladder because sometimes wrestling is just weird we then went totally inside a baseball as cody mentioned that he's never going to go heel he talked about the forbidden door and how he's only been away two weeks but look at all the madness that has gone down including somebody called brody king coming to all elite wrestling and the balls on this guy because listen to his first name there was so much more here too and Rhodes delivered it so well i was sitting on my couch going yeah get him cody show those haters who is boss and he also finished by saying this tnt title is only being referred to as a second championship right now because there's two of us so hey Sammy Guevara I'm on a ladder why don't we have a ladder match next week and look this was such a swerve and out of nowhere it was a bit like going up to someone and saying oh, hey how are you and they replied mathematics you're like I never want to talk to that guy again but it's so interesting and I have no idea what is going to happen between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes part three four five six seven whatever the hell it is and honestly Rhodes is the best because he also made a joke about the whole name changing stuff in WWE but he delivered it so well 
I am giving it an up. Honestly, I will sit here for seven days and I will fantasy book like the nerd I am. And I bet I do not get it right at all because you just never know. We were then backstage with Tony Schiavone who was talking to Jade Cargill, Mark Sterling and Anna Jay and John Silver because this is going to be our first match for the TBS title. Anna Jay has already accepted so I think they're going to do this on Rampage. There is nothing else to say about it. But then you got to another match I was super pumped for, so we must be doing something right, because it was the kings of the Black Throne taking on the Varsity Blondes. And once again, you can just swim through all of this narrative, because we have everything in the past with the Malachi Black beating everybody up on social media. Julia Hart was wearing a black heart around her neck. And sure, you could see what was going to come here, but execution is everything. And boy, did we execute. Brian Pillman Jr. even added to this because he was going to springboard at one point. But he's like, no, I shouldn't do that because last week I tried to, but I fell on my face. And look, this was basically just one big squash. But Malachi Black and Brody King, good grief, they're a good tag team. They should probably be the champs. It finished when they hit the Dante's Inferno onto Pillman, and that move is great. It's essentially Malachi Black just chucking a human being at his friend who gives him a massive slam. I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go, especially because afterwards, Pac was here flipping Big Boss Pac, and he was like, man, I can't see, but I'm still going to whip your ass. And there is a small chance he joins up with these guys. I mean, I doubt it, but am I sure? No. It is getting it up. Lance Archer, Jake Roberts, and Dan Lambert were then here. And this was basically one of those, yeah, we don't want to wait in line anymore. So Geese title shot. And as you know, I'm not a massive fan of that. But hey, whatever. Hangman Adam Page versus Lance Archer does make sense, as we will talk about in just one second. And we also found out who the Young Bucks are going to be facing next, because Brandon Cutler was setting up his Cutler cam <laughs> when he got interrupted by Trent and Rocky Romero. So I'm going to count that as an interruption. Bring it down. The counter rolls up to 12, and that's 31 in all of professional wrestling so this is getting scary and all you need to know about this segment is that Trent was really nice to Brandon Cutler mostly because everybody else is super horrible to him and I thought this was the right thing to do sometimes at night I think about poor Brandon that ain't true at all the point is Trent and Rocky are a Pongi Vice and they've beaten the Bucks before in other companies so they want to do it again in Rampage and I really enjoy it when promotions go you know we're not the only game in town and wrestlers do go out there and fight other places it just gives everything so much context. AEW then got really weird because it was Lance Archer versus Frankie Kazarian. I mean, who saw that coming? The honest part, though, is the last time we saw Frank on Dynamite television, he was the elite hunter. He'd pop out, he'd beat the elite, and then he'd vanish again. Whereas here, he didn't seem to care about it at all. This was also basically Archer just murdering Kazarian. I do understand that because we have to build Lance Archer up so he feels like a credible challenger to Hangman Adam Page. And maybe I missed something on Dark or maybe I missed something on Elevation. I tried to watch as much wrestling as I can, but there's only so much time in the day. But if you did just watch Dynamite, you would be going, what the hell happened to Frankie Kazarian? So you got to give it a down. I was quite into that as well because he was coming across like a loon then. And yes, Archer just hit the blackout for the win. But afterwards, Tony Giovanni was like, Dan Lambert, do you want to explain why you're with these girls now? And he may as well have gone and asked the wall that question because he got nothing out of Dan who just went on one of his tirades. Archer was done with this though. So he was like, everybody shut up. I'm going to kill Frankie Kazarian. And he was going to choke slam him onto a chair. When of course our world champion came out to stop all this, he started slapping Lance Archer around and actually got the better of him here. So this is just an old classling wrestling trope. 
and I am fine with it. Because like I've already said, we have now built Archer up as some kind of a monster. The question will be, well, how the hell is the cowboy going to beat him? He is so big. And sure, we're not doing anything new, but you don't have to do new things all the time. The will was invented for a reason. So for this angle part, is getting up. We then found out that Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel are like super buddies. And I was like, what the hell has happened to Leo Rush because he has just vanished off the face of the earth? And we also had a counterpoint to this by Team Taz who are like, Dante, we don't like you, so we're going to beat you up. And I do have to admit that this story has veered off in a strange direction, mostly because our usual players are nowhere to be seen. So I will sit down and wait to see what happens. I mean, they'll always have good matches because they're great, but I am slightly confused. And then, my friends... We pulled the trigger. Hell yeah. Because we were in the back with Chris Statlander and Red Velvet when Layla Hirsch interrupted to quickly pull down the board. That is 13 for AEW and 32 interruptions overall in all of wrestling. And Layla was like, Chris, you ain't focused. You an asshole. So she beat everybody up. And she just went nuts here too because she took out the cameraman. She took out a door. Those last two aren't true. But I was just so excited here because this was exactly the right thing to do. I don't know what it is about Layla Hirsch, but even though she's of short stature in terms of height, I still look at her and go, man, she could kick everybody out the window. She just looks so tough. This is why if she did join someone like Team Taz, it would make all the sense in the world. But I have been waiting for this. This felt great. I really hope we give her a big old push to the moon and I'm giving it up. And speaking of people that have lost their minds and gone bad, here was Serena Deeb. I had a feeling she was just going to ruin somebody. And when it was announced that her opponent was going to be sky blue, I felt all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because I was right. Pride mode engaged. Because yeah, Deeb just ran through this poor girl, whooped her knee for a while, then applied the serenity lock and she had no choice but to tap out. And I don't know who came up with this idea, but 2022 right now is basically the year of Serena Deeb. And if we get to the end of it and she hasn't been world champion at least once, something has gone horribly wrong. I am giving it up. Ethan Page was then here and he hadn't read the tea leaves at all, which is a shame because I like Ethan Page. I think he's super duper good. Because he was all like, oh, John Moxley, I see you're back in wrestling. Well, why don't you take me on in your first match? I was like, Ethan, Ethan, you got to wreck you. We also had a video focusing on the history between Rapongi Vice and the Young Bucks, and I've already made my thoughts known about that. And we kind of went segment crazy here because we had a video for Hook. Although, to be honest, Dynamite could just be videos of Hook, and I'd be like, this is the best thing ever when we cut to Matt Hardy and Andrade. As it turns out, Hardy has sold a big lump of his company to Andrade, so they're now in business together. And I think Matt said he was the CEO, whereas Mr. Tranquilo is going to be the president. Their new name now is also AHFO, I believe they said. And the best part about all of it is that Andrade started going on about Darby Allen being a kid again. I am massively fascinated about where this is going to go, because again... I didn't have it down on my fantasy booking notes. All of this then built to our main event, which was Sting and Darby Allen taking on the acclaimed. So this was just all my favorite people in one match. Also, again, I said the name Sting. You know the deal. Up. Max Caster and Anthony Bowen were also taking the mick out of Sting and Darby Allen before all of this. And these little videos they do is so good. And Max had one of his raps. And once again, this was tremendous, especially because he mentioned Starcade 97. And if you know, you know. And if you don't know, never find out. They also kind of jumped the stinger during his entrance. I was like, don't do that. It's one of the best entrances ever. But then they went completely crazy because they took a chair. They wrapped it around Darby Allen's neck. 
and they pushed him into Rita the ring post. They played this like Darby was dead and he was basically escorted from the arena. But because Sting is such a damn legend, the ref was like, well, do you want to take these guys two on one? And he did his wrestling mass and goes, well, it doesn't compute, but I'm going to do it anyway. And obviously he then got beaten up for a while because what else could you do? But because he is Sting, he at one point even managed to get Max Caster into the Scorpion Deathlock, but the numbers game was against him. And when him and Anthony Bowens did get to the outside, he took that boom box and he hit Sting right in the end. It meant that the face-painted man needed another face-painted man who would also be his friend, which honestly is when from nowhere, Darby Allen just flew in from the fans and he took the acclaimed out. I have no idea where he came from. This then took off because there were so many near falls, especially one after the mic dropped that Sting broke up at like 2.9999. And again, I bit like Sting and Darby Allen were ever going to lose. And Sting is just the absolute best too, because later on, he had Max Caster on a table and he splashed him through it. Do not forget, Sting is 62 years old and I really want him to be my friend. This allowed Allen to hit his stunner coffin drop combo to get the win as well. And this was just a feel good moment to end Dynamite. And AEW just used Sting so well. And I know I'm going on about it and probably need to start talking about something else, Sting. Which brings us to the end of another AEW Dynamite. And I thought this was a really good show, especially when it came to planting seeds. I'm not gonna go through all the different angles because we've just talked about it, but I can't actually figure any of them out. It is getting it up. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.